This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 129 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, May 1st, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we'll discuss official MPD numbers showing that Microsoft has had its best console sales quarter since the Xbox 360. The Xbox and Bethesda Showcase has been officially announced to ease your E3 withdrawals for this summer, and there's Disney goodness afoot in the Xbox space. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness are extended to Dash Revolver and the NXS cast. Those guys were nice enough to have me on this past week to talk about all the gaming goodness from the Bethesda showcase to the console sales numbers and quite a few of the topics that we'll be covering in this episode as well. So if you'd like to see me defend my positions and chat with some great people, check out the NXS cast. Uh, I really enjoyed hanging out with them. That was a good old time. Thank you for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, some housekeeping for this week before we get into the episode. Matt Kennedy has won the Godfall giveaway. Thank you, Matt, for writing in uh, and putting your gamer tag in the YouTube comments. I so greatly appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy Godfall. Guys, if you're interested, I'll have a Godfall written interview going up on Season Gaming this week. I've got those answers back. I'll be publishing uh, likely Monday or Tuesday. We'll see how it goes, but it uh, will be up over on the Season Gaming website. So if you're interested in kind of how they navigated the multiple releases of Godfall from, you know, the PlayStation 5 exclusivity stuff to PS4 all the way to uh, the PS Plus version and the Xbox Ultimate Edition, uh, feel free to check out that interview. I hope you will enjoy it. And I also want to give a shout out to Sean Capri, who showed me how to check out the iTunes reviews from you guys that are in Canada. Uh, so far, I've been saying I really want to get to 100 re uh, reviews over on iTunes. We're at 77, but that's on the American side. He showed me how to see the Canadian interviews, some that I had not seen up until now. And man, did my heart glow in getting to see you guys. So I'd like to give away 100 bucks of Xbox money. That's the kind of cool thing I want to do based on iTunes reviews. If we can get to 100 American iTunes reviews uh, or 125 total reviews, counting my, my Canadian and worldwide listeners, then I'm going to be giving away $100 of Xbox currency uh, to a lucky winner that has submitted. Um, that is something I want to do as a thank you, but I also want to generate reviews and interest for the show. So it's a twofold giveaway there. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, but I do want to thank you, uh, Sean, and to everybody else that's been writing in reviews that I haven't seen or shouted out. I was so embarrassed when I realized, oh, this isn't all of them, but so it goes there. 
Well, Microsoft made headlines this past week for a couple different reasons, but I think most excited on my end was the announcement of the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. Now, this is what would effectively be their E3 presentation existing in the absence of E3 and likely in in conjunction with the Summer Games Fest, uh, particularly given that they share uh, kind of like marketing branding colors. They are very similar, uh, if not identical. Now, this Xbox and Bethesda showcase will stream globally in 30 languages on June 12th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 1 p.m. Eastern. I am super excited for this. Microsoft has made a habit of dropping their showcases on Sunday in years past, and this continues uh, the combined Xbox Bethesda showcase of 2021. I was interested in seeing how they would brand their showcases going forward because the 2021 deal, uh, the Zenimax stuff had just gone through. It was kind of still uh, a pandemic style of planning and not sure just how they would navigate showcasing the two companies working together, but whether it would be a live show or not. Uh, It seems we sort of have our answer in 2022. They're going to be using the branding of both companies to help market their games. And I think that's the right choice. There are a lot of Bethesda fans that are not necessarily Xbox fans in this space. Now, what this is going to allow them to do is to tap into the Bethesda fans and say, hey, come check this out. We've got Elder Scrolls. We've got Dune. We've got id uh, to showcase just what it is they'll have from the Bethesda side, but also merge it and remind everyone that yet again, they are one and the same going forward. And they'll likely do a lot of Game Pass information to go, go along with that. I think that is the right choice for sure. One game we are absolutely sure to see at this showcase is Starfield. Now, a lot has been said about this game, despite so many people not seeing it at all. Uh, And you have to think that Starfield is going to be the headliner for the show with Redfall coming in as a uh, comfortable supporting title. Uh, And those will be the two big pillars of the show. I can't imagine that we've got too much else in there. Uh, But Matt Without Fear and Xbox Gamer wrote in asking for predictions of the Xbox uh, showcase with Matt Without Fear adding on that he would love Uh, or that he would like to know what I'm really looking forward to seeing. So for me, uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing, gentlemen, is uh, in short, what we don't know, right? Right now, we don't know much about what we're going to be seeing in this, this, the rest of this year and in 2023. We are absent release dates. We are absent uh, major pillar titles. We don't know what's going on with Forza Motorsport 8. We don't know what's going on with Forza Horizon 5 expansions. We're unsure necessarily what Halo Infinite will have to offer in Season 3 with Season 2 right around the corner. Side note, very excited about Season 2. Uh, I'll explain why I come, came around on that one later on in the show. Um, but I'm excited to see what we don't know. Are we going to see Hellblade 2 gameplay? Finally, mind you, we saw Hellblade 2 first in, I believe it was, was it 2019 that we saw it? And then the the console released in 2020? Either way, it's been a long time since we've seen Hellblade 2, and I think we're due for a reminder of just what that game is going to be, what it is meant to be. So I would imagine you see Hellblade 2. You have to wonder what else is going to show up there. Are we going to see Avowed? Are we going to see Everwild? Just what is in the years to come. They have did a good job at getting a lot of potential future titles out into the open in years past in order to recruit talent and development. But now it's like, all right, what next? You know, you always need to have one one next thing, one final thing. Are we going to see gameplay of Indiana Jones? Are we going to see what the Doom Eternal team has been working on? They've been quiet since their release in 2020 uh, and its expansions kind of later on in that year. 
just what are we going to see? What is it that that uh, Machine Games has been working on behind the scenes? So for me, what I'm looking forward to most is finding out just what it is we don't know. My curiosity, curiosity about Starfield is high. I want to know just what this game is, if it's worthy of all the hype and all the praise. There were people that were leaking information this past week saying that Bethesda's got a really bad engine that they're working on for Starfield. It's not going well. The game's pretty, but not that pretty. And when you see stuff like that, it just begs the question, all right, can I see it for myself? Can I find out whether or not these are people trolling, whether they're being exaggerant, uh, or if they're telling the truth? I want to know what it is we see coming out in the next year and a half. And, and I want to know what third-party deals we have going forward. Uh, I don't think you'll see Perfect Dark. I don't think we'll see uh, uh, several of the games that were, are rumored to be coming out forward uh, for, for the next few years. I think instead what we'll get is Motorsport 8. I think we'll get Starfield. I think we'll get Redfall. Uh, and then you might see Hellblade 2 there. Uh, and beyond that, you probably get one more thing or a smaller uh, set of titles that the sub-teams within these studios might be working on. I'm thinking something the size of Battletoads. I'd like to see those kind of games kind of make their way uh, into the lineup so we can have a 2023 that has uh, three kind of big pillar games and then two two or three support smaller double-A, single-A style games from these triple-A studios. What I don't think you will see is any type of Activision representation. That deal has yet to go through. It is not likely to go through until 2023. Uh, I believe June of 2023 is the estimated date for all the legal proceedings provided uh, nothing gets interrupted too much. So I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what comes to fruition uh, down the line there. You have to wonder uh, outside of Redfall if you'll get any other games for this year and i don't think you will uh, i don't think you're going to get that i i look at sony's lineup and they had two great launch uh not great launch great titles to launch their year in 2022 with horizon forbidden west and with gran turismo 7 uh, but beyond that they've got nothing this year unless ragnarok makes its release date and then it'll be three major titles uh, for microsoft i think you're getting two major titles and expansions to games like sea of thieves to forza horizon and to halo and that is how they're kind of pillaring up their year and frankly it's not going to cost any of the big three any major console momentum i don't think to have big games this year they're working on getting consoles out there we know there's wafer and chip shortages that are causing issues uh and people are still demanding and able to play games from you know the Xbox One, PS4 era. So I don't think it'll slow down anything in the console space to not have these big games out. That doesn't mean I don't want them, right? The other interesting thing will be what third-party deals kind of came around to bring games into Game Pass. Will we see that at the Xbox Bethesda Showcase? Will we see those in other showcases? Uh, just what do we have going forward uh, and how are we going to make use of it will be the the interesting aspects there, but I am excited. I do want to see what this showcase brings. I'm not sure yet where I'll be commenting on it. I don't know if I'm working with Joseph Moran and Ainsley Bowden on something. Um, I've had a few other wonderful and amazing creators reach out. I do want to hang out with, with at least two of you guys, uh, at least two, like two shows. I want to do two extra shows, not like the people I'm choosing. Um, but I want to join at least two other shows kind of to talk around there. Um, but I don't know the schedules right now. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm bouncing there. But bottom line, Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, June 12th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, very excited for this one. All eyes are going to be there.
Well, last week we had unofficial console numbers, and this week we have official numbers coming out from NPD and a Microsoft earnings call in which uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella made comments on the Xbox Series S and X and just how well they are doing. Several things of note coming out in this past week to showcase a pretty impressive quarter for Microsoft, uh, beating out PlayStation and Switch in terms of dollars made uh, from both consoles. They sold uh, more consoles than the PlayStation 5, likely due to supply constraints, but still impressive nonetheless. Uh, and despite Switch selling more consoles, they made more money on the Xbox side due to the higher price of the Xbox Series X. So some points of note from this one, Xbox Series S and X gained global market share for the past two quarters in a row. The Series S and X were the best-selling new console generation, uh, new generation consoles in the United States, Canada, the UK, and Western Europe for the last quarter. That's big news for for PlayStation to lose the UK and Western Europe is uh, pretty astounding, all things considered. And again, we do comment that this is likely due to supply constraints, but by no means uh, should you downplay the success of this one. Microsoft did the right stuff to get the chips out there. And people are interested in buying Xboxes. So a lot to celebrate within that. Um, but we also need to be, you know, acknowledge kind of the other end of that quarter or the other side of that quarter there. Uh, biggest non-holiday quarter for Xbox revenue. That's pretty darn impressive. And the Series S and X are the best-selling new-gen consoles in US, UK, and Western Europe for last quarter as well. I think I just read that one and I doubled up. Sorry about that. Um, what's interesting is that hardware sales are ahead of expectations for Microsoft. So that's pretty darn impressive that their hardware sales are ahead of what they were projecting when they launched the units, uh, despite the chip shortages that they themselves are having to combat. So that's really exciting. Within these numbers, Game Pass hours played are up by 45% in the last year that is to say that people that are subscribed to game pass are playing 45 percent more games in the last 12 months than in the months prior that only bodes well at attracting third-party deals at uh, incentivizing different companies to put their games into game pass we are likely going to see battlefield 2042 dropped into game pass you have to think god falls on that potential list uh, and we're seeing games like outriders maintain and stay in game pass despite expansions coming and there's a an upgrade avenue within game pass for games like outriders that are bringing expansions as well uh, so this is incentivizing and enticing for game makers and developers alike, as well as publishers. When you look back and you see that uh, even Ubisoft is going to be dropping some titles into Game Pass, like like uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and For Honor, it's all the more eyebrow-raising given that Ubisoft themselves are going to have an, uh, their own subscription service. Uh, it's just, it's cool to see. Uh, I, I think it's neat to know that Game Pass is doing so well that... It's incentivizing people to break their own subscription models to bring stuff over there. I think that's fascinating to watch on a business side. Uh, for that part, Fatboy Horror wrote in, he said, do we think that Game Pass has tapered off a bit? Not quite the buzz for indies as there was at the start of this generation. Fatboy, uh, great question. I don't think that Game Pass has tapered off in the slightest. I think the conversation is just shifting as more AAA titles are making their way into the service. We've got some incredible indies dropping in there regularly. Most recently, Tunic was in there, and that is a, a fantastic high-profile indie. Um, so I don't think there's a shift in momentum at all for Game Pass, uh, particularly when you look at Game Pass hours played. We know that they're over 30 million in terms of 
of Game Pass subscribers at this point. And when you're looking at all the comparisons that are coming off of PlayStation's new tiered PlayStation Plus model, a lot of people are singing the praises of Game Pass all over again. The conversation is just comfortably shifted away from indies for the time being uh, into a, a different space. Indies were what carried that service in the beginning. Well, now we're getting day and date AAA games dropping in. You're getting high profile AA games dropping in and you're seeing others break their own subscription services to put their games in. So I think the conversation has just shifted, but not necessarily tapered. At least that's not how I would take it to be. Um, but a genu genuinely great question. Now, interesting as well, when you couple in this incredible amount of of success that Microsoft has, has outselling their performance for the Xbox 360 all the way back to 2011, which is showing that, that at this point, the console sales are projecting higher than Xbox 360 uh, at, at its point 15 months in. They, the 360 numbers were trending lower than what you have Series S and X numbers trending now. That's incredible. When you look at the success of the 360 generation where Microsoft was, and knowing now that they are ahead of it, uh, that only bolsters the excitement for the brand and the hope that you have going forward that Microsoft kind of maintains strength throughout this generation as opposed to last generation. By no means do you erase an entire generation of losing two to one in the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 era. By no means do you kind of get that bad taste out of your mouth from some of the choices they made. But slowly and surely, this ship is being righted in a way that I don't think anybody would have truly predicted. Uh, even staunch supporters of Microsoft and Xbox, even game players who, who love the, the ecosystem like myself and many of you listening, uh, it is surprising, I think, to acknowledge just how far they've come in what is effectively a short amount of time. They have, 10 years ago, uh, they had been they were riding high on the 360 and then they dropped the ball real hard and they've been making their way back and them clawing their way back from obscurity and near death uh, has brought about so many wonderful things for microsoft and if you look at game pass right now as it exists in the subscription service space and what it's being compared to uh most recently with a tiered playstation service uh, you have a lot to celebrate within the Xbox ecosystem and a lot to demand in terms of quality going forward. Um, you should never stop asking for better, and but you should always acknowledge success along the way. And um, I think there's a lot to celebrate kind of within that for sure. So, so good question, fat boy, good news all around. I, I'm excited to kind of see what we got going forward there. Pretty darn amazing news in the Disney Xbox space. Uh, Gameloft Montreal has announced that they have a new game called Disney Dreamlight Valley, and it'll be coming to early access this summer. It'll be coming to Xbox One, Series S, Series X, Windows PCs uh, for the summer and be available for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. They believe the game will be fully launched in 2023, and it will be free to play. Now, this is a life sim adventure game that will see players living out their best lives amongst the magical world of disney and pixar's most iconic characters this is tasked uh, they're being tasked with restoring the the magic back into the village of your own design this game will appeal to lovers of disney and life sims everywhere so there's a lot to, to kind of digest when you hear kind of that that verbal pr speak Essentially, what you're getting is a comparison of Animal Crossing or The Sims or Stardew Valley kind of all mixed into this Disney element in what will be a free to play game going forward. It'll be dropping into EA, uh, EA to early access 
this summer xbox game pass ultimate subscribers will have access to it as well uh, and you can purchase a founders pack from the xbox store if you like as well uh, for that i think this is going to be a money cash cow and it's also a good sign to see xbox and disney once again working well together a lot of the success that Disney has had in the game space has come by way of Marvel over on the PlayStation side. Think about Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Wolverine. Um, and and you would might kind of think on the outside looking in that Disney and PlayStation are getting along super well. Where's this on Xbox side? But I think we forget that while Marvel is doing very well on the PlayStation side, Disney proper has been experiencing a, a great amount of success on the Xbox side of things. I cite most recently the Sea of Thieves Pirates of the Caribbean expansion, in which uh, you had the full Pirates of the Caribbean roster on display there. Iconic ships, iconic characters. Uh, you have Johnny Depp's Captain Jack Sparrow in the game, which is darn cool uh, to see for sure. A lot of real excitement on the Disney gaming space, particularly as they revitalize some of their old star Wars franchises, more star Wars games coming last week. We talked about, I believe eight confirmed titles with more on the way. Um, I've heard again, rumor. One funny thing, whenever I leak rumors on this show that I know like stuff that I know, nobody ever notices. And I always think of the Johnny Depp meme. Uh, you're telling the truth. I do that quite a lot. Actually, no one ever believes me. Like nobody jumped on my tweet this early, earlier this week about halo infinite um, the question was asked whether or not the Battle Royale could be ready for this summer, which made me think that they are trying to get the Battle Royale ready for their summer Bethesda Xbox showcase, right? Like, oh, that'd be a huge, huge story if the Battle Royale launched this summer uh, next to Summer Games Fest, next to their showcases. Uh, that would be wild. I've also heard uh, through the grapevine that you're getting Bethesda skins, which is kind of cool in that version of the game where you're getting Fallout and uh, Doom Slayer style skins. Which that'd be pretty darn neat. Imagine some Elder Scrolls love there. Hmm. And anywho, like that's a tangential aside. Bottom line, whenever I leak stuff on here that I do know, which, you know, it's not my bread and butter, but um, it rarely gets caught up, which is interesting. You know, it lets me know who's listening and who's not in terms of like people that write articles. Um, but it is fun for me to watch. I will say that. Uh, I get a little bit of a, a, a kick out of seeing what's grabbed and not grabbed. Bottom line, new Disney game, Disney Dreamlight Valley, uh, a life sim coming to early access this summer uh, for Game Pass subscribers for Xbox One, Windows, Series S, X. That's cool. I think that's something to keep an eye on and know that uh, while it's coming early access to Xbox, it's available on all platforms from Switch to PlayStation to Epic Games, Steam, uh, even Mac versions. It's cool to see the, the relationship with Microsoft building there because for the first year or so, people will be playing it there. That's really cool. That's really, really cool indeed. Uh, guys, I, I got to tell you, I'm excited about Halo Infinite Season 2. I've been watching a lot of the HCS this past weekend. It's been really enjoyable. I've been having fun watching it. I jumped back in and got the last two weekly rewards, one of which was a black visor, which was really cool. And I was reminded of just how good this gameplay is and how much I love the world of Halo and how much I'm looking forward to progressing a battle pass again. Uh knowing that you can earn currency, seeing all the customizations in the Halo-specific stream that they launched. I'm very excited for Halo Infinite Season 2, which is a bit different than I was a week ago, right? I'm still very down on that whole six-month element, but the things I've heard about the Battle Royale that are coming, the things that I've heard uh, are coming with Season 2 in terms of events and the stuff that the team is trying to do, I'm excited once again. I'm reminded how much I love the gameplay, reminded how much I love the world of Halo, and knowing that you're going to be getting a story version, 
our story expansion to Halo Infinite soon is is kind of cool too. Um, that's that's neat. That's really neat. I'm excited to see kind of what comes for for Halo Infinite uh, in the future. I'm just I'm ex- I'm back in. Uh, episode five of the series was really good, by the way. That was cool. I haven't watched episode six yet at the time of this recording, but I'm watching it after I'm done. Actually, to, when I work out, um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was fun. It was fun. So I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe Halo Infinite makes a comeback in a way that uh, even staunch supporters are going to be surprised about. I know it's it's doing well. Halo Infinite is doing well. And watching the pros play once again, it's like, dang, they're good. And I'm I got to go to HCS Raleigh a few months ago, and that was dope. Uh, man, it's it's neat. All right, let's get to some listener mail. Lots of people wrote in this past week. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Remember, you guys can follow me on Twitter at InsipidGhost, and you can uh, write in your questions each week when I when I ping it out, over, usually on Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, to get questions, and I'm super excited by that. You can also email me at uh, InsipidGhost at gmail.com. So appreciative when you guys do that, including Glyphere, who wrote in for his second question in a week, uh, or in a row this week. Who wins in a 1v1 Marcus Phoenix with his Lancer and Torque Bow versus Master Chief, Battle Rifle, and Spartan Laser? In your heart of hearts, who wins? Man, that's tough because, Glyphier, we know that Marcus Phoenix is cold-blooded, calculating, and and, uh, pretty stoic, but Master Chief is similar. I think Master Chief wins just by way of tech. Right, like when you look at the the style of, of weaponry in Gears of War, it's based on Vietnam. It's based on these heavy, uh, chunky weapons that are real meaty and whatnot. Whereas you get a lot more technology, sci-fi style stuff with Master Chief, and you have to think with his shields, the battle rifle, the Spartan laser, uh, Marcus's armor just doesn't hold up to that. Um, but I would love to see what a torque bow does to a Spartan. Right? Uh, come on, come on, guys. Let's let's get that let's get that fighting game, or let's get. Uh, one of these characters in the other. I want crossovers, Microsoft. So let's uh, somehow, some way, I want a Phoenix and Chief either team up or battle. Um, and can we get a third-person Halo game? God. Uh, Famous Seamus writes in and wants to know what games I'm looking forward to in May. Uh, that's simple. Right now, I'm looking forward to Evil West. Uh, Evil West is one that I'm I'm greatly looking forward to. I believe that comes out in May. Isn't it May? I think it's May. Right, Evil West is one I'm looking forward to. Maybe, I might need to relook at that. See, look at that. I'm talking crazy. Maybe it doesn't come out uh, in May, but Evil West is one that I've got my eyes on at least for the future. Beyond that, I don't think there's anything specific that I'm like, yes, I want this game uh, in May. Nothing really jumping at me. I've been playing a lot of Power Rangers Battle for the Grid right now, which is tangentially related in that, like, it's a small game that has a lot of nostalgic value for me and I've just kind of gotten into it. And I find myself getting into some of those right now as we're in this kind of doldrum of releases. We're in a calm state of releases. I'm back in on Halo Infinite. I'm still hard in on Fortnite. I'm playing games like Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I'm enjoying my Avengers. I'm ready to go back into Sea of Thieves. Uh, I think it's just a time to, to loop back. So I think May is going to be more of a looking back time for me versus anything kind of going forward. Um, I did also play the new House of the Dead remake for a solid two and a half minutes. That is uh, a goddamn terrible, terrible game. Don't ever, ever buy that game. The House of the Dead remake is awful on console. You just need that game is built for a light gun, and they just were not able to to make it work. So that was a review code. I wish I could give back. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Court Lalonde writes in: Can Xbox afford any delays this year with their first party titles? Yeah. Yeah, they can. Um, 
they don't want it, right? But like, yes, they can. Given the, the absence of any big titles for Sony this year, you, if Ragnarok misses its release date, and if it doesn't, it won't matter. There's too much momentum in in all their spaces. These Xboxes and Playstations are going to be selling out pretty regularly and having high console sales numbers. They could miss their release dates and go into 2023 and still be very successful. That's not what I want to happen, but given what we know is going to be coming out in the third-party space this year, given what we suspect is going to be coming out in the third-party space this year, yeah, they're fine. They can afford it. It's just not good mindshare, but uh, I really don't think they're going to lose much given what we know is happening, what we don't know is happening uh, for sure game pass news writes in i love all these questions this week uh with warner brothers and ubisoft ac- uh, acquisition rumors afloat should microsoft be- have been a bit more choosy about who they acquired instead of choosing the largest option so i, I believe what game pass news is asking you know with warner brothers and ubisoft now kind of in the the space to be acquired was it a good move for microsoft to pick up activision uh, Blizzard. And so the answer to your question is yes, it was still a good move. The brand IP within Activision Blizzard is just too strong. And when you've got people like that you know comfortably, like Mikey Barra over there, that's still a good pickup. You got World of Warcraft, you got Diablo, you've got, uh, of course, the Call of Duty stuff, the mobile game space. What we're building towards is metaverse for all of the game holders, right? Like the metaverse is not something that we enjoy talking about really in the console space, but it's something that every video game major player is having to look forward to and in bringing ip under your umbrella you get negotiating tactics in terms of exclusives you get subscription numbers and reach by way of your mobile users by way of your game pass subscribers xbox live gold subscribers you get a lot of things to wiggle room no doubt they're picking up a lot of baggage right like we know they've got to do a lot of culture shifting at microsoft but if they're willing to delay content and not crunch for halo infinite that is enticing on the development side. So, uh, no, I don't think it's a matter of them being more or less choosy so much as it's just kind of the opportunities that presented themselves. Keep in mind, they passed on Moon Studios due to their toxic culture. Uh, and that's that's a big thing in and of itself. So, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but I, no, it's, it's a good question to ask. I just don't think it's a one-to-one. My, my hope is that if Warner Brothers truly is shopping around the way that the rumors suggest, and for anyone that's unaware... It looks like they're trying to shop studios, and then once that they sell out the studios, they will license the IP. So not really enticing if you think about it, that Microsoft would buy Rocksteady and then have to go back to Warner Brothers and say, hey, can we license Batman so Rocksteady can make Batman? It's a weird, a weird proposition. But uh, yeah, I want Warner Brothers to be... Uh, to go to Microsoft because I don't want to... I don't want Batman to go exclusive. I'm a firm believer that games like... Uh, any Marvel game or Star Wars game or any of those big kind of things. I think those characters belong to everybody. And I was sad when Spider-Man was exclusive. I'm sad that uh, there's a looking like there's going to be a Mandalorian MMO on Xbox. I don't want that, right? Like I want everybody to have access to certain brands and Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Those are brands that people deserve to get a multi-platform, at least for my money. But you know, business is what business is. I People asked how, you know, what are Xbox users going to do when Wolverine comes out? Fool, I'm going to play Wolverine on my PlayStation. Like, what a silly thing to do. I don't, I just, I don't get it. I don't get why people jump into the wars. You can, I cover Xbox. I enjoy Xbox as a brand. That doesn't mean I'm like bleeding green. I don't bleed green. I bleed, I bleed video games. It's two very different things. 
Dano writes in for our penultimate question of the episode. I'm going to bring up this stacking thing that got people bothered the other day. Do you mind at all that Xbox does n- doesn't let us stack for more than three years? Personally, I don't care. It's a money saver for those who intend to use and subscribe to services. So for anyone who's unaware what Dano is talking about, PlayStation has found a way to or, or made a point of blocking the ability for PlayStation subscribers to uh, buy available codes and and uh, cards for PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus, and stack them in order to get the most money uh, and interest out of their PlayStation Plus tier system going forward. They're blocking that, essentially. Um, there's a lot of weird things going on on the PlayStation side with that subscription service that I think are really bad when you look at the fact that there's a money gate on demos when you're blocking out people that want to try video games by the most expensive tier when you're blocking out your backlog just for streaming uh, back play versus uh, being on local hardware. There's a lot of oddity going on there and stuff that doesn't logically make sense and that Game Pass, I think, fares better on paper with. Um, Just strange business choices, I guess, uh, with that system, but proof will be in the pudding. I don't think it's really going to disrupt PlayStation in any big way. Um, But does it bother that Microsoft and Sony, to their effect, don't let us stack things? It, It doesn't. It just seems odd because you want people to invest into your ecosystem for extended periods of time. And if you let me stack for more than three years, I probably would. And in that sense, I'm committed to your service for more than X amount of years. Um, The other thing is you don't want people gaming the system when you're putting millions of dollars into giving away free games in in some cases uh, via Live Gold or Game Pass and whatnot. So I don't get bothered by it. No, that's a that's not something that bothers me. I can I will note consumer unfriendly and friendly things. Like right now, Sony's being very anti-consumer. Microsoft's being very pro-consumer. Well, yes, that's 100% true. You also have to keep in mind, why is that the case? Because Microsoft was losing and Sony was winning and those afford you different things to do. So, yeah, I'm not bothered, but it's something I note, right? I keep it in mind going forward. The last question comes from Mr. Porsche Power, host of Season Gaming's BitCast, which are celebrating and have celebrated by the time this episode goes live their 200th BitCast episode. I am privileged to have a relationship with the people at Season Gaming, including Ainsley Bowden, who I hold in very high respect. Um, Congratulations to them for 200 episodes. Thank you for letting me be a part of several of them. I enjoy doing cast co-op with you, Ains. I'm very proud to be your friend, proud to know you, and uh, I look up to you, man. Um, he didn't listen, so no one's going to know, but I look up to you, buddy. You're awesome. Anyway, uh, that beautiful bald man's question is, why is Joseph Moran so terrible? Like, how is it possible to be that bad? Honest to God, Ains, I spent hours researching the Big Bang and the creation of life across several different religions, looking into just what it means to create pure, unadulterated crap, right? What would the creators of the universe do if they were creating the worst possible thing And every single doctrine suggests that there is a joseph moran variant of some kind and so i think honestly uh it's a matter of him being uh just just the worst excrement of any celestial being this joke's not going where i was hoping it would but bottom line joe sucks and let's never forget it all right guys that's gonna be it for xcp this week your last thought is to remember that joseph moran mr Badbit, is a horrible human being uh, please indeed go rate the Xbox expansion pass on iTunes, five stars, show it some love, subscribe over on the YouTube page, throw a like in there. That engagement means the world to me. And I appreciate you all. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Take care. 